Uh, I wonder if any of you have seen the movie uh, The Pursuit of Happiness by uh, starring Will Smith. Uh, it tells the true story of Chris Gardner, who was a salesman in the USA. He was a broke, homeless, single father uh, who managed basically to secure a, an unpaid internship at a stockbroking firm and then managed to beat out the other 20 uh, uh, interns for the one paid gig. And then uh, you can imagine he went from a, uh, a broke, homeless, single father to a quite well-to-do uh, uh, rich uh, man who was no longer struggling. And uh, there's a very uh, wonderful scene in the movie uh, where uh, he, he's told that he gets the job. Uh, and uh, you can see for him this is a life-changing moment and he understands just uh, the, the, the kind of the gravity of, of what is happening here, that he can move from struggle and uh, barely not being able to protect his son uh, to, uh, to, a, to a different life, a, a life of, of, with freedom and uh, uh, with the ability to provide for those whom he loves. I wonder if, as you reflect on your life so far, uh, you've ever had a similar kind of life-changing moment, a moment not necessarily where you landed a job, but just a moment where in that moment uh, you kind of realise, or perhaps having reflected on it uh, years later, you, you, you realise, wow, that moment was really, 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 really significant for me. That, that moment was life-changing. might have been... Uh, moving somewhere, it might have been landing a job, it might have been something tragic. There are good life-changing moments and bad life-changing moments uh, and uh, we all know them, uh, not necessarily when they're happening but perhaps uh, right afterwards or not too long after. And today's reading of Zacchaeus is uh, uh, telling us about a life-changing moment for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus uh, was a tax collector in verses 1 and 2 of our reading, chapter 19. We read he's not, only a, just, he's not any ordinary tax collector, he's the chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He was a rich tax collector. And uh, as we uh, start to think about this story, uh, the way that Luke has introduced this story to us here in chapter 19 uh, ought to instantaneously take us back into chapter 18 uh, when we had the story of the rich young ruler, which we talked about briefly last week in chapter 18, verses 18 through 30. At this story of Zacchaeus is the, the second story in a short space of time that Luke tells us about Jesus and rich people. And so, uh, lest we run ahead to the end of the story, which is so easy to do when it's a familiar story, let's just pause for a moment and go, okay, hang on, if we were reading this for the first ever time uh, and we got to this moment, we'd actually be thinking this is probably not going to end well. Like, when rich people encounter Jesus, it, it, it doesn't end well. Like the rich young ruler, he thought he was a pretty good guy. But Jesus exposes his heart, exposes how he actually loves money more than God and therefore tells him he needs to give up his wealth to follow Jesus. And the rich young ruler goes away sad. He turns his back on Jesus, verses 22 and 23 of chapter 18. And back then, Jesus taught the disciples and he, and he taught us 
uh, that it is hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 24 of chapter 18. Indeed, he says, verse 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's hard for rich people who are self-reliant to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's impossible. Camels can't go through eyes of needles, nor can self-reliant rich people get into heaven. But as as we saw last week, Jesus also says, verse 27, but what is impossible with man is possible with God. Though it's impossible for you to earn your way into heaven, though it's impossible for you to buy your way into heaven, though it's impossible for you to ever be good enough to uh, get into heaven, with God, everything is possible because God comes to save and transform you. That's why he sent Jesus. And so going back to the story of Zacchaeus, uh, as the story unfolds, we ought to remark, oh, this is a story of a rich man going through the eye of a needle. This is a story of, of how, how God makes the impossible possible. And we see that the key, one of the key differences between that rich young ruler and uh, Zacchaeus is humility, which we talked about a lot last week. But you see, the rich young ruler, he came to Jesus with the intention of proving himself to be a good, holy, moral person. I've never broken the Ten Commandments since I was a boy, he says to Jesus. But Zacchaeus has no such intention. Zacchaeus merely wants to just have a look at Jesus. He doesn't dare uh, to get close. Look at verses 3 and 4. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short and he could not see over the crowd, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Zacchaeus kind of, in his humble stature, uh, goes behind the crowd up the tree just to get a glimpse of Jesus as he goes past. Doesn't approach him, hey, I'm, and he's rich, right? He's a rich guy. He, he's got means. He can do, he probably could have figured out a way to get right front and centre with Jesus. But instead, he kind of scurries around the back and up the tree. A vastly different approach. And, and as in kind of humility, his heart kind of climbs this tree so he can kind of just have a look at this guy that he doesn't dare want to approach. Jesus reaches out to him. When Jesus reached the spot, verse 5, he looked up to him and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. And so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Zacchaeus has kind of just wanted to have a peek and now Jesus has noticed him. He's singled him out. He's moved towards Zacchaeus. He's welcomed him. And Zacchaeus' response to welcome him gladly, or literally to to welcome him with joy. This is a great moment for Zacchaeus, a joyous moment, because here is this guy who he's interested in, who I'm sure as he climbed that tree, he thought, wouldn't it be great if I could meet Jesus? That would be wonderful. He's he's such an interesting guy. I'd love to get to know him, but all I'm going to do is climb this tree because at the end of the day, even though I'm rich, I'm a filthy, dirty, rotten tax collector. 
And there Jesus says, come down, let's go out for dinner. A great moment for Zacchaeus. But everyone else, not so much. Everyone else responds a little differently, don't they? We read in verse 7 of the, how the proud, kind of hard-hearted, I-know-best gang respond to this interaction. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. And before we get too down on the people, uh, let's remember like, how Zacchaeus has got to be in the position that he's in, right? So... Zacchaeus is a, is, is a sinner in the eyes of the people because he's become rich by extorting his fellow men and women, his fellow uh, nation. Uh, he's got rich by basically extorting them for money for their conquerors. Like, imagine if uh, Australia was conquered by someone uh, and uh, they were making our life quite difficult, and someone here uh, decided that in order to kind of survive and get ahead in this new reality, they were going to work for the conquerors by make, taking all our money. Like, that would be pretty annoying. Uh, you'd, be, you'd be kind of dirty on that guy for doing that thing. And so... Uh, to, to these people in that day, uh, not only are they, uh, uh, is, it a, is it a traitor to the nation, but it's, he's been a traitor to God because they're God's people. So we can understand why they're disgusted at Jesus' acceptance of Zacchaeus. That guy, that guy who when times got tough and the Romans came in, ditched us to make his own money. You're going to that guy's house for dinner. Unbelievable. But as the people mock, Zacchaeus has this experience with Jesus that transforms him. As, Jesus, as Zacchaeus experiences Jesus' uh, acceptance and welcomes, he, he is totally changed. His heart is, uh, does a 180. He repents of his sin. And he agrees to make recompense to those he has wronged. Verse 8, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. See, an encounter with Jesus is a life-changing moment. And when Zacchaeus realises that in Christ his sins are forgiven, in Christ he is loved and accepted, then his old way of functioning is no longer important. And instead, he wants to function in a new way that seeks to wrong the rights of the past and live in a way that honours Jesus. He's been saved and transformed. And this, of course, provokes Jesus to say, in verses 9 and 10. Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus has come. He's found this guy who society had written off. He's welcomed him. He's accepted him. He's loved him. He's transformed him and he has been completely turned around. He's gone from lost to found. 
What a remarkable story indeed. What a wonderful story. I think there's a few things we need to learn as we think about this story for us today. The first one uh, being that Jesus really did come to seek and save the lost. Uh, it can be easy for us to sometimes think that there are some people who are too deplorable even for him. Think about who the worst possible person you can imagine is. I think probably in our society today, it's something like pedophiles. Jesus came to seek and save them. He can save someone like that if he chooses to. It's remarkable. His salvation extends to the worst of sinners, the worst of the worst, if they repent and allow him to transform them. And so we see the second thing, of course, is humility. If you want uh, uh, to, uh, to, to be transformed by Jesus, then the starting place is humility. Uh, the starting place is to recognise that you need transformation. Climbing the tree, as Zacchaeus does, staying back, not presuming. This is the, the starting place to, 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 to seeing the work of God in our lives as we humble ourselves and admit that we need his help, his salvation, his acceptance, because on our own, we are nothing. And of course, last week I talked heaps more about humility, and you can go back and listen or watch that later. We also see that when we do get saved by Jesus, when we do get welcomed and accepted and loved, it ought to provoke joy and transformation. When God saves us, through Jesus, it, it provokes a deep joy, uh, just as it did for Zacchaeus, who comes down from the tree and welcomes him gladly, welcomes him with joy. Uh, when we just celebrated Christmas not that long ago, you'll remember that uh, joy is one of those words that floats around at Christmas. And so we read in, earlier in Luke's Gospel when, G, when he's talking about the birth of Jesus that uh, Jesus will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth, Luke 1.14. Or Luke 2 verse 10, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, this is the shepherds, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Jesus brings joy through salvation. And so if you've been saved by Jesus, then this ought to overflow into a bubbling up of joy. Rejoice in the Lord always, says Paul. And again I say rejoice. And he's able to say that because, not because his life is good, but because he understands the joy of salvation. When we understand that there is nothing that can separate us from God's love, that we can never be let go from his hand, that he has saved us through, his, uh, uh, through Jesus' death and resurrection, then we ought to be overjoyed. And that joy leads to a changed life. For Zacchaeus, 
It's that repentance of his self-centred wealth creation lifestyle at the expense of all others to a life of radical generosity and recompense. And when we experience the welcome of Jesus, which is available to us all simply by uh, humbling ourselves and trusting in him, when, when we experience that welcome and that joy, then we will find our lives reordered, our priorities shifted. We'll find we're able to say no to the sins of the past and yes to faith and righteousness. So, if you want to experience the kind of joy and life change that Zacchaeus did, then understand that today he's offering the same invitation he offered to Zacchaeus on that tree. To you. He's offering to spend time with you. He's offering to transform your life, to welcome you into his kingdom. And how does Jesus do that when he can't actually physically take you out for a meal like he did with Zacchaeus? The invitation is to time with him in prayer in the word, and in community with others. And as we do those disciplines, our joy grows, where our heart realises the things we need to repent of, and we help one another to deal with our sin and grow in our salvation. Jesus loves us. And he's calling us to repent and welcome him with joy. Amen.